Hello, friends. You know, it's uh, time to talk about Winnipeg's free agency so far. After day one, you might have hoped that maybe day two would bring a new surprise. Maybe the Jets would actually give us something to work with. Maybe there'd be a little bit more hope for Winnipeg's upcoming season. Instead, we're once again left disappointed. The Jets haven't really done much of anything, and we'll talk about the few moves they did make and take a look around the league and see what exactly is happening with this free agent class. Because to be honest, the Jets are missing out on a really great opportunity to upgrade almost every single position. We'll talk about all of this and more right on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. Or Locked On, the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Thank you for choosing to make Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, Odyssey, and YouTube. Doing so is completely free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode, but most of all, we just really love and appreciate your support. On tonight's episode, I wanted to continue our discussions about NHL free agency. It has been a couple of days into the process, and yeah, um, Winnipeg is kind of really, I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. I really don't know the plan. I don't understand what the thinking is. This team is just a little bit sad right now, for being honest. The Jets have made a couple of signings. We'll talk about uh, those players and also talk about um, some of the statements that Shovel Day off and the management team have made, plus what uh, reports are coming out from the organization itself, even if they might not be direct quotes. But the two signings that we saw in addition to um, David Riddick yesterday, we now have seen uh, a couple more additions. These guys are probably going to be moose depth, but you never know. Maybe one of them actually gets graduated to the NHL level on an emergency call-up. But we're going to see Limoges from Alex Limoges from uh, the San Diego Gauls joined the team, and we're also going to see um, Kyle Capo Bianco, who used to be in Arizona system. He has signed a two-year deal, uh, and I believe both are two-way contracts. Limoges is only signed for one year, and uh, Capo Bianco, for some reason, is signing for two. Now, for both of these guys, I would not expect much upside. Kyle has actually played uh, a number of NHL games as a defender for the Yotes, and the results were pretty bad, I'm going to be honest. If you're thinking of like a comparable, maybe like Logan Stanley level is probably what you're getting there, maybe even worse in some areas. But Capo Bianco is actually really good as an AHL level uh, defender, in part because he just brings a lot of offensive jump. He's got a pretty good shot. Obviously, he's pretty mobile on the back end. And again, for the Moose who might be graduating uh, one or two full-time prospects to the NHL level, obviously, this would be a really big uh, gap for the Moose to fill. So Capo Bianco probably slides in somewhere in Manitoba's top four and can help this Moose team maybe get a little bit more finishing talent. Speaking of finishing talent, they've also added Alex Limoges. I actually am pretty sure I've seen Limoges in person when he was a member of Penn State, uh, their ice hockey team. He's a pretty fun player. Um, he's a he's a nice scorer. He's got a great nose for the net. And uh, with the, the San Diego Gauls, he's actually had a pretty decent track record. Um, one of their better scorers in recent memory. So 
you know, for the Moose, their top six really had trouble finishing last year. And I think it was very apparent against the Milwaukee Admirals. That playoff series was just, it was a little tough to watch, right? Because the Moose had so many opportunities to score. They could constantly get themselves in the right positions, but actually finishing those opportunities, it just didn't really come off. So obviously not the best playoff experience for Manitoba, but Limoges, Capobianco, um, and maybe some of the other guys that they've picked up uh, or are going to pick up over the, over the next couple of weeks, maybe one of them will also join the Moose. I'm pretty sure Stenland is going to be uh, bookmarked for the Jets, but you know, I, I can't really imagine a reason for him um, not to be with Winnipeg. I think he'll probably anchor the fourth line or something, especially with Andrew Kopp now departed. But um, Limoges and Capobianco for sure should give the Moose a boost. Now, as far as the rest of Winnipeg's free agency is concerned, I really don't think we're going to see much. And uh, a number of signings today have, for me at least, I, I think the Jets are basically going to sit this one out. Those other signings are some of the players I was really after. And I think the Jets have just, I don't know, they, they seem to be wanting to push this idea of running it back as is, with only a few tweaks and changes. And for me, that's just really not acceptable. The Jets, over the past couple of years, haven't really accomplished much of anything. In fact, the only thing that they have accomplished was uh, being poor enough to get a couple of really high draft picks, but not high enough to win a lottery pick. So, you know, in, in this mushy middle, the Jets have done well at drafting talent available to them. But in terms of like, you know, their their long-term objectives or even the short-term objectives of like making the postseason and the long-term obje objectives of eventually winning a cup, you know, neither of these teams or neither of these objectives really seem realistic for this team right now. I think Winnipeg, unfortunately, is stuck in a cycle of constantly thinking small tweaks are enough to change the fortunes of the team. And look, Paul Maurice to Rick Bonus. That is a pretty major change in a lot of areas because it wasn't just Maurice who got the boot. Charlie Huddy's gone. Um, Jamie Compon's uh, also been removed. So this new staff that they're building, we don't really know who's going to be on it yet, but it's obvious that it's going to be uh, a bit of a departure from the old squad. So I I'm not going to discount that this isn't a big change. But, you know, Bonus is also a more conservative coach in the same way that Maurice could be. I think Bonus is probably a lot better in many areas. But let's be real. You know, the upside of this team is going to be capped at uh, a squad that is potentially going to make the playoffs and not really do a lot, you know, a lot else. I think the Jets have the ability to maybe make some noise as like a wild card contender. But beyond that, beyond maybe winning one round, you know, as is the Jets would have to be really fortunate. So this idea that Winnipeg can just kind of, I don't know, sit with the squad and, and not really make any major trades or signings is just not acceptable. And there were some, you know, more alarming statements um, and things coming out from the uh, Winnipeg press that I think are worth pointing out and talking about uh, in terms of Winnipeg's strategy for this offseason, because it's obvious they're not doing, free, you know, much of anything in free agency. So if they're not going to do that, then what are they doing for the trade market? We'll talk about this strategy in just a little bit, because I think we have one at least really big piece that uh, for me is kind of a red flag. But before we go any further and dive into trades, I do want to shout out one of our wonderful partners at betonline.net. They are your number one source for all of your online betting needs and sports info. Those of you who know me know that I'm not usually somebody who's really into online betting, but uh, I gave betonline.net a shot, and honestly, it really couldn't have been easier. I cast a very uh, simple bet on a Bundesliga match, and actually I won this bet of all things. But you know, even for me who doesn't really know anything about scores and, and betting lines and odds, 
They made it super uh, approachable, super easy to use. And, you know, it's more than just a betting site. They've also got updates. They've got news. They've got league reviews. Uh, they've also got futures for many of your favorite sports, whether you're into Major League Baseball, NHL hockey, uh, NFL futures, of course, for next season. Uh, you know, they've even got um, coverage of the Triple Crown races when all of those races come up during the, I think it's what, the spring so no matter what sport you're into, they've got you covered. And even if you don't like sports, they've also got Vegas casino games so that there's something for everyone. If you're into MMA and boxing or even golf, again, BetOnline really does have your back. To get started, go to BetOnline.net on your laptop or mobile device and register for a free account right now. BetOnline. It's where the game starts. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. We are uh, taking a look at the free agency approach for the Jets and also trying to figure out what exactly their long-term trading strategy is because uh, so far their free agency has been basically, uh, I would say, a non-factor in this team's uh, retooling and rebuilding. So the only other thing the Jets could probably do to get back into good shape is um, making some trades. Before we talk about this, though, I just wanted to say, again, thank you so much for choosing to make Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. Now, diving into Winnipeg's statements about some of the trades and stuff and some of the news that's broken about Winnipeg, you know, I think the most alarming statement Shoveldayoff made a couple of days ago was that he likes the team as is. Uh, obviously, he said something about having irons in the fire, which I mentioned yesterday. And if Limoges and um, Capo Bianco are really the free agents that he's kind of referring to and not somebody of a higher caliber, like say, I don't know, Sonny Milano or uh, Dylan Strom or any of these other players, then I don't really get the point of even mentioning those. If you're just looking to secure a moose step, what is the point of even talking about free agency? Obviously for the moose, it's really important. I think that I don't want to discount, but in terms of the health of the NHL club uh, and, and really giving the jets some decent middle six players where are we going to get any of these guys from? I mean, the Jets are going to have a worse roster than they did last year, and they're still expected to make the playoffs. They didn't make the playoffs last year. Why are we running it back with much of the same group? And I think one of the most puzzling things that also came out from um, a Twitter account today, which kind of aligns with what I'm thinking their trade strategy might be, is that they're not really telling anyone that they want to trade Wheeler with retain retained salary. And if that is true, and if that ends up panning out, then to me, it just means the Jets aren't serious about this. I can't understand why they would put Wheeler on the market, but then somebody in the org is like, well, hold on. We have to you know, move the entire salary. I get saving money. I get that you want to be cheap and just move all of the money off the books. I totally understand that, but that's not how this market works. Look at Max Pacioretty. The, the Golden Knights actually had to throw in Dylan Coughlin um, to Carolina and they literally just got future considerations back. Who even knows what future considerations are going to be? Probably nothing. Uh, maybe like a fifth or a sixth round pick if they're lucky. So what exactly is Wheeler going to fetch? I mean, he's not really worth all that much if you're asking somebody to take on almost eight and a half million dollars of salary for two years. I, I Again, I just don't understand the thinking behind this. All I can say is that I think it just means the Jets aren't really serious about trading him. And if they want to bring him back for... Uh, another season. My question is why? You know, the locker room is in a really poor state. And just because you've jettisoned a couple of players doesn't mean that you've fixed the problem. If Wheeler himself is done with the Jets, uh, and if this whole situation is in part because he was at the at the core of some of these disagreements between the players, 
then I, I don't really understand why you would just try to pretend like things are normal. If he comes back uh, and he's still with the Jets for the rest of the season, I, I just I think Winnipeg is just barking up the wrong tree. There's no way that they can get away with this without trying to at least make some kind of a deal. And they're going to have to eat salary. I, I don't think that there's any way around it. This trade market is not great for really big contracts because teams are kind of cash strapped. Only a few of them are really handing out big contracts, and that's to young players like uh, Rob Thomas and just today, or actually it was yesterday as 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 of this recording, um, we saw Josh Norris get a huge eight-year deal, almost eight million bucks a season. So I, I'm just sort of running out, running out of like ways to say that I think the Jets are failing this offseason in a major way, and it's disappointing. Winnipeg promised us that things would change, and partly they did, but there are so many areas where the Jets are content to stay the same. And if they really think that this team is a, com- a competitive squad as is, they got another thing coming, man. There's no way that this team is going to make uh, a-, a particular run in the postseason. You know, they're going to get bounced by Colorado or maybe St. Louis or any of these other teams that are actually built to contend. Even the Blues are starting to wane a little bit in influence, but they're still a better team overall. So, Unless the Jets can make some trades, bring in like a Puya Yarvi, maybe they actually do sign a decent free agent here and there. They need like three or four roster players to really fortify the depth and give the Jets a tr- like a fighting chance. As is, though, I mean, Winnipeg is so far behind the power curve. I-, I just don't really see what management and ownership sees in this squad because I think a lot of fans are kind of starting to feel the same way. Uh, a lot of folks aren't really, th- you know, seeing um, promising signs. Folks are threatening threatening to cancel their season tickets if they haven't already. And so, you know, the vibes are bad. The Jets are kind of down bad. And things are only getting grimmer, especially as in just a little bit, we're going to talk about some of the free agents that the Jets could have signed if they were proactive. Uh, but instead, those guys are going to other teams. Some of them, maybe they just elected not to accept Winnipeg's offer if one was on the table. But at some point, the Jets are going to have to make some kind of a move. And I really don't feel like giving them an easy excuse. I think the Jets have uh, a lot to be accountable for. And I'm tired of people trying to just sweep stuff under the under the rug and say, well, it's just because it's Winnipeg. No one wants to sign there. Johnny Goudreau signed for a little bit less than he could have gotten elsewhere by signing with the Columbus Blue Jackets. So I don't want to hear that crap. What I do want to hear is that the Jets are really active and trying to make the like the most of this. If they want to make the playoffs, they're going to have to do something. But, you know, I don't even know why I waste my breath, because I think the Jets have proven that time and time again, you know, barring one or two instances where they actually got proactive, for the most part, they're just content to sit on their laurels and not really do anything. But, you know, the rest of the league is very active. And some of the players that I identified as wanting to be, uh, you know, future Jets, have actually been signed to other teams. We'll take a look at which of these free agents are are currently now under contract and how I see them fitting in, into their brand new teams in just a little bit. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. We are talking about uh, free agents, and for Winnipeg, it's been a pretty rough road. Winnipeg really had great opportunities to fortify the depth, and so far, they've done almost nothing. It's not really shocking. It's not really surprising, but it is disappointing, right? So one of the big free agents that I was interested in was uh, Rudolph Spousers. I didn't really mention him because he just got bought out uh, a day or two ago. And Spousers, I didn't really think the Jets would actually even consider because 
again, he's one of those kind of fancy stats darlings, somebody who's a really good two-way winger with great transition ability and, you know, some actually decent scoring punch if you're looking for a third liner who can occasionally finish opportunities. Bowser's uh, at one year or, you know, 750K at one year for the Florida Panthers is like an insane value contract. I mean, it's kind of like getting Matthew Perot at league minimum. And those are the kinds of players that I, I really think the Jets should have pursued. Um, these guys who are sitting in the margins, uh, really looking for at least an opportunity to prove themselves, the Jets are like the perfect landing spot because let's be real, the Jets are going to have a lot of openings all up and down the lineup. And if Winnipeg is actually serious about making the postseason, they got to take a punt on some of these players who can bring some really good value and actually have at least some you know bit of track record to show off their abilities. But you know, Winnipeg continues not to do that. So what even is the point of me being upset about it? I, I don't even think that there's anything for me to say other than it's just not surprising. One of our other targets, Dylan Strom, has signed with the Washington Capitals. He has signed a one-year deal at $3.5 million. This is basically a perfect uh, middle six center for them. They might kind of deploy him out wide as a winger because for the most part, their center depth is okay, although uh, I, I just realized Nick Backstrom is going to be out for most of the season, if not the whole season, so he might actually step into that role uh, alongside Lars Eller, maybe in like a bit of a timeshare between the second and third lines, but you know, for what he, he's going to bring on this contract, he's excellent value, he's a great playmaking center, he's got a pretty strong release, and while he might not look the most attractive in terms of like skating and, uh, you know, how he attacks the slot. I mean, he's still super effective and he's got a great scoring touch. And I think with the caps, he's going to light it up. So very disappointed that Winnipeg did not get this guy. I, I felt like he could have been a perfect opportunity for the jets to maybe take a swing and see what happens. But again, I'm going to keep saying this. I'm going to try not to get irritated, but you know, I'm, I'm struggling with it. I'll be honest. I'm struggling with it. Uh, another guy that I really wish the Jets had maybe taken a look at was Victor Mete. Mete uh, just signed with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Now, of the free agents out there, I think he probably was pretty much destined to go to a team of his choosing in terms of like a Toronto versus a Winnipeg. I don't think he would have really wanted to join the Jets, but, you know, Mete, um, look, he's not going to be like an amazing elite top four defender, but as like a third pairing puck moving D, I think it would have been worth the punt. Uh, he's only ever had really limited usage wherever he's gone, and it just seems like he's constantly fallen out of favor. I think the star ability that we used to see with him has probably dimmed a bit, but I still think you're getting a really capable maybe number five or number 60, and at a league minimum contract for the Leafs, that's super value. So uh, a little bit disappointed, but not really surprised. It just kind of, it is what it is. I mean, there's not really anything else to say about it other than it is what it is. Some other interesting signings that have popped up for like free agents. We've seen Dennis Malgan also go to the Leafs. I was kind of interested in Malgan a while back. Um, I think Dennis would have been an interesting like third or fourth line center with some scoring ability. He doesn't do a ton for a team, but there was a time when he was with the Panthers and actually showed some pretty good distrib distribution ability. I thought his slot offense was pretty dangerous, and he understood to get himself into pretty dangerous scoring areas. So, yeah, uh, a little bit disappointing that guys like these are, you know, basically taking league minimum deals uh, with other teams, but <sighs> it is what it is. Like I said, it is what it is. Um, the Jets actually have lost a couple of free agents 
one of the most notable ones is going to be CJC's. He is going to San Jose. Uh, we wish him well. He gave the Manitoba Moose many great seasons as one of their true leaders. And it's a shame that, you know, he's not going to be with the Jets anymore. But uh, Pagansky has also moved out towards that that division. He's joining Seattle. Um, so the Moose are going to need some reinforcements. And I think that's probably what a lot of those irons in the fire are supposed to be is just AHL depth. <laughs> I wish I could be excited about something, but, you know, the, the Jets other than like Brad Lambert and Rucker McGordy haven't really given us a lot. So yeah, I, I just have a lot of uncertainty about this upcoming off or upcoming season. I just don't really think the jets are going to be doing much. And I, I think the biggest thing uh, that somebody pointed out is that it's inspiring apathy and I couldn't agree more. I, I just don't really care. I think my emotional investment is done. I think my disappointment has gotten to the point where I just, I, I expect disappointment and I get what I expect. So let me know how you feel about all of this. Do you want, uh, do you want Blake Wheeler to stay another season? Do you want him gone? Let me know at my social medias or in the YouTube comments below. Also tell me what you would do with this roster. Who do you think the jets should sign from any of the available free agents? Hopefully Winnipeg does something, please, because I can't imagine that this team as is going into next season is going to do anything whatsoever. But you know, the front office, I don't know. I'm going to try not to rant. I want to be positive and instill positive vibes, even if the Jets are not really giving me a lot to work with. But uh, we'll keep an eye out on free agency and with the trades. Hopefully the Jets can surprise us and really upset my expectations and give me something to cheer for. But in the meantime, that'll be all the time that we have for tonight's episode. Thank you so much for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. Be sure to make your second listen Locked On NHL. Our experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. It's free and available on the same platforms that we are. So, again, like, follow, and subscribe. And as always, thank you so much for listening. Have a great night, and go Jets go.